0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Investing in Cannabis. These are the last days of Prohibition, and this show seeks to feature the stories of the founders, the investors, the marketers that are bridging the gap. (laughs) The day of getting a little dime bag from your guy on the corner is done. It's not happening. We've talked a number of times on this show about how uh, anytime there's a booming new industry like cannabis, there's all these ancillary businesses that pop up. So we've talked about how delivery can be revolutionized, and how the banking industry has a big opportunity here, and tonight we're going to talk about real estate. Most people, when they talk about real estate and the internet, the first thing that comes to mind is Zillow, right? The problem with Zillow is they're a public company and they're not going to touch cannabis for a while. So uh, what we have on tonight is is a company uh, strictly about the data behind cannabis. There is this massive issue of where to sell cannabis, where to grow cannabis, what are the compliance issues, all the different policies, depending on what region you are. Different cities have different policies. We've seen this happening in LA versus San Francisco. We talk about Chicago tonight a little bit about Ohio and how do you find those places that it's safe to grow or sell cannabis and then these laws are constantly evolving so this week it could be a thousand feet away from a school next week it could be two thousand feet away from a school and then how do you calculate those feet is it as the crow flies is it as Google takes you some estimates uh, estimate that the the industry cannabis industry is four or five billion dollars today at its peak it'll be magnitudes bigger than that the same estimates suggest that the real estate behind cannabis is two or three times that, so 10 or $15 billion today, and who knows what it could be, and this software, Herbfront, is tapping into that exact market like no one else really is today. They also have taken it one step further and are using that data. They've started a fund to invest in their own real estate properties so then they can lease that out to, to companies that want cannabis space. So it's a fascinating discussion about data, real estate, cannabis, and, and how we take this from kind of an illegal, like backroom, shadow business into, well, I'm leasing a property to grow legal cannabis. We have Matt from Herbfront here. How's it going, man? How are you? Doing very good. Thanks, Thanks for, for having me. Here. Why don't you just give us the one-liner, what's uh, what's Herbfront? Yeah, Herbfront is a predictive mapping and zoning platform
1: that gets down to the parcel level, the properties that are compliant around the country for cannabis cultivation and dispensaries uh, based on their local municipal codes.
0: Got it. That's a mouthful. That's a mouthful. Basically, it's like, where can I... Grow weed, right? right? Like, where is it legal to do that? Correct. If I'm in San Francisco
1: where we're doing this, uh, where you know, where are the opportunities that I can put a new location?
0: Uh, we can get you down to the actual owner and the and the location. Got it. And and give kind of a feeling, or I'm sure it's different by region, but you know, are there a lot of places you can do this, or a very few amount of places? We have mapped out about 140 cities across the country and um,
1: states that are probably pretty obvious. Uh, there are to to put it very. Very precisely, there's about sixty-nine thousand compliant properties across the country, uh, and that actually turns out to about less than a percent of a percent of the of the commercial properties in any given city. It's like one in a hundred, uh, a hundredth of a percent um, that a- that actually comply. Some are a little bit better, some are a little bit uh, um, you know thinner, but for the most part, it is there. It's it's very thin finding those compliant properties.
0: And before HerbFront, how were people finding them?
1: Yeah, as a commercial real estate broker, um, you you know, as my, as my trade, you either do one of two things. You would, as if you act as a principal, you would go out and do the research yourself. You would find a location that you thought made sense. Uh, you would look up what the zoning is, hire a zoning attorney to make sure it was compliant. Once you did that, maybe it was hire an engineer. How far away am I from a school or a park or whatever? You know, the, the myriad of uh, sensitive use requirements are. Um, and if, you, if it didn't work, you had to start from square one. And as I mentioned before, being you know a scarce resource and very hard to find, you probably had to go through it a couple of times. Uh, now, if you were to hire, uh, you know, use the print maps in, in any market, we can show you every compliant property within a few seconds.
0: Got it, so when you say compliant property, just take that, take me through that a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know each state is a little different. Yep. Uh, but, Kind of what are, what are some of the laws here, right? I mean, I'm sure they're different for, for just growing versus being a yep. dispensary. And, yeah.
1: yeah, there's a, each, each each state, each municipality is different. Um, what we start with is zoning. Uh, so each county or municipality will have a very specific code as to what the zoning must be. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, we start to see things that, that commonly come up like land use, um, and then it's distance from schools, and then we'll see daycares, mm-hmm. churches, in some locations, it can, the list can be you know, 10, 15, 20 long, some it can only be two or three, but zoning is always a requirement, land use is often a, a requirement, schools are always a requirement, and then from there you start to see more and more uh, layers come into it.
0: Got it. interesting. So you were a commercial real estate broker, right? Correct. For, for how long did you, did you do About that? About 12 years. About 12 years. Yep. And how do you have this idea? I mean, when, when's the aha moment? Sure. Uh, well,
1: I uh, live in Chicago, did all my brokerage in Chicago. Uh, wise commercial real estate uh, investor came to me and said, hey, Matt, I know you have a background also in technology. This isn't my first technology platform. Okay. He said, uh, "You know, why don't you build a, a technology platform that can identify these scarce resources? They, if you can find them, they traded a huge premium. And being from Illinois, where there was no, can- no legal cannabis at the time, I looked at the man and said, because uh, it's illegal? I don't know. And uh, he said, well, take, a, take another look at it. I think, I think you'll be surprised. And I did my due diligence and kind of looked into it and said, oh, my God, there's, you know, it, there's a huge pricing discrepancy. There's a huge pain point in yeah. this cannabis real estate site selection. Uh, from there, Herbfront was born.
0: Got it, yeah. Now, now, the obvious comparison that we could make is, like, to Zillow, right? I've seen that in the news a few times. Um, but the massive difference here, right, is Zillow being a public company... Is not going to touch canvas.
1: Correct. And and, and Zillow more of a while they are a data company, they're also a listing platform. Yeah. Uh, we have a listing platform much like Zillow, but yep. as a as a company, our revenue is derived from the licensing of the, of our mapping software.
0: Got it. Okay. So unpack that a little bit. Yep. How did you come up with that model and, and kind of take me take me through that? You. Uh, some sometimes
1: it's better to be lucky than to be good. I was I was blessed uh, because of prior technology experiences to have friends that were good at the technology piece and friends that were good at the mapping piece, and I was able to kind of bring them together and say, you know, this is this is what we're trying to build. This is the pain point. What can we build around it? So identifying the problem was the first part, but then having the relationships and the and the people around me to build the actual software, I was, you know, I had that, I had that there. So I was able to, again, build the software. Build
0: it. Yeah. yeah. Got it. And then how do you get this first little bit of traction going i mean that's a lot of offline work sure
1: right? yeah we yeah we did a lot of legwork up front and we actually launched the software well after the licenses were issued in illinois so we really missed the boat but ironically enough in illinois there were a bunch of people who got their licenses but then were told at the last minute hey you need to you need to change your location in order to you know keep your license well that that was great for us but a real pain point for them because the first time around it had taken them about 10 months and now they had about a hundred days to figure it out. We got a lot of traction right there and from there the kind of the word spread and uh, it, I wouldn't call it viral but it, listen, it's a small community and- yeah, Word uh, got around. Word got around. Yeah, word
0: got around. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then take me through a little bit of the, the economics of the licensing then. Sure. You know, how, how, you know, take me through that
1: model. Yep. Okay, we're, we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're software as a service. Yeah. So. If you want to, if you want to have our software, it depends on how many markets you want to be in. Just like any wholesaler, the more you buy, the you know the better the price you get. Yeah. We we'll, we can go down to a very a very focused area for a three month period where it, it can be as cheap as seven hundred and fifty dollars. To there are national players in the in the in, in the country right now that are in multiple locations. They have a national footprint, or they they're trying to establish a national footprint. They can license all 140 maps that we've created. Uh, and that, That's
0: obviously a bigger price. Mm-hmm. Got it. So, so much of this business relies on data. Mm-hmm. So much of it, right? Because if I'm gonna come on here, that I ha- there has to be listings available. Mm-hmm. Uh, there has to be relevant information adding value to the experience here. I mean, wh- where's that data come from? You know, where, sure. where, are, you, where are you getting
1: yeah, it? Yeah, it's a great question. We, we get our data from primarily three sources, three buckets. Uh, some of it can be Public. So, uh, if it's zoning or or parcel data, sometimes you can find that from the municipality. So that's free. That's just public public data that we source on our own. And are they
0: good about publishing that, or do they want T- you to know?
1: Different in every market. Okay. Different in yeah. every market. Yeah. Uh, you know, the more progressive the planning committee, the planning department is with right. in, with their data, the easier it is. But yeah. some some markets are incredibly difficult. Uh, so that's and what, do they
0: have like APIs? I mean, how are you tying into this data? Most, is muni-
1: it? most municipalities don't have APIs, yeah. we'll, 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 they'll have a, some sort of web portal or data portal that we'll, we'll able, we are able to pull it. Um, Got it, you know, the third, I'll skip to the third bucket and that's kind of the data that we build ourselves. Hmm. So, uh, you know, take schools for example, you, we can go to the municipality and through their data portal get where all their schools are, but that's a PIN and the law requires it's a you know, perimeter from either the parcel itself or the actual building itself. And our software identifies that pin and converts it to a shape file that says here's the here's the the distance or here's the shape around the school and then the actual parcel itself depending on what the what the needs are. So that's kind of our third bucket. And then
0: there's a second bucket of data. So basically you're taking the laws. And extrapolating what that would look like visually to, to give an, an accurate yeah we're, we're
1: we're taking pins you know yeah. lat long points yeah, and converting yeah. them into a shapefile it's okay. uh, you know here here's the dimensions around said said pin right um, and then the, the, that middle piece is the data that we buy um, so sometimes uh, parcel maps we instead of going out and drawing seven hundred fifty thousand parcels in the city of Chicago for example. We can go out
0: and buy that. So it's, it's three buckets. Some of it we create, some of it we buy, and some of it's public. And how do you measure the accuracy accuracy of that data? Uh, good question. We quality control
1: our stuff all the time. And uh, as, as you'll find in a lot of municipalities, they, you know a lot of municipalities don't like clustering. So uh, they don't want a green district. As soon as one cannabis dispensary opens up, that will block off a thousand you know, foot radius. So the map is a living, breathing thing. It's always changing. And we have a team of people that are constantly updating the software and tracking the sensitive issues that affect the map.
0: Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about Illinois a little bit for, okay. for a second here. You're from Chicago. I was in Chicago in November, right? And uh, they have medical marijuana, mm-hmm. right? But the culture of cannabis in Illinois is significantly lacking, I would say. Mm-hmm. How is it to be... You know, kind of in the cannabis world. I mean, you kind of have half a foot in the cannabis world. was really interesting. Mm-hmm. What's what's the reaction among among your peers to to herb front? Uh,
1: surprisingly, you know, surprisingly very uh, very positive. Um, you know, we were in a trade publication, uh, a, a financial trade publication in Chicago right after we launched about a year ago. I had a lot of emails from people that you wouldn't expect. Um, you know, kind of pouring their heart about heart out to me. You know, yeah. about the industry that otherwise probably wouldn't have. Uh, uh, poured their heart out, um, and you're right. We don't have a, we don't have a culture like you do here in in California or or in Colorado. Um, my own you know third party test when I walk up and down the street in the loop versus when I walk up and down the street in San Francisco. It, it smells, smells the same, same. <laughs> <laughs> the same frequency. So uh, you know it, it, there definitely is a, a different culture or you know belief or talk yeah. um, in the different markets. But uh, but yeah the it smells the same. It smells
0: the same. Yeah, Yeah. no, there seemed to be this disconnect between people consuming it mm-hmm. and people talking about it, right, and that's kind of one of the aims of this show is to get people out of that proverbial kind of green closet in a way, mm-hmm. and and legitimate businesses like yours have a lot to do with that, right? Mm-hmm. We, we have to get people that aren't 100% focused on cannabis working on cannabis, Yep. otherwise we're not gonna be a big Yeah. Anyway, tangent over, uh, but it's just fascinating because you're from Chicago. Um, so you kind of talked about the data side, that's one side of it, right? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about just the customer side. You mm-hmm. know, I mean when you you said you're in 140 cities, mm-hmm. what does it look like to go to a new city?
1: Yeah. Uh you know, we, we typically have gone where we've had customers request our, our service. So, you know, when people say, say, well, why are you in, uh, you know, Maryland, for example? Well, we're in Maryland because, we you know, we had customers who said, we want your services. We, you know, there's there's laws that are changing. You know, we're in Detroit. We're doing a lot of work in Detroit right now because the laws are dr- changing drastically and quickly. Um, so, you know, so we go, so we, we've gotten to 140 cities because that's where our,
0: our clients wanted us to be. Mm-hmm. Got it. And... Who
1: is the ideal
0: user here? What's yeah. the user profile?
1: As a as a commercial real estate broker, I was convinced that it would be a large percentage, would be commercial real estate brokers, just yeah. because that's that's what I understand. Uh, it's actually a very small percentage of our customers are dispensary, or sorry, are are our brokers. Are brokers. Yeah. There's about uh, there's a there there are small se- sector. Uh, the probably the second biggest or the second biggest uh, bucket we have is. What I would call consultants; those are attorneys. Um, those are people who are uh, not not brokers, not not the actual principals, but someone who is there to advise the industry. And that would probably be about thirty percent. And then so, if somebody
0: wants to open a dispensary, they go to their lawyer. Yeah. And say, how
1: do I do this? Right, and the attorney. You know, typically the attorney charges them four hundred dollars an hour, and then they turn around and use our software and and they make a good <laughs> make a good penny off of it. Not to not to knock attorneys, but hey. Um, uh, feel free to uh, attorneys, wh- wh- whatever. Um, but you know, but, but the reason our our, you know, our software is very user friendly, it's very interactive. Um, you can take notes on it. You can, There's a CRM on top of it. So what we found is it is so user friendly that the vast majority of our customers are the end users. They don't want to hire a broker. They don't need a consultant. It's pennies on the dollar for what it would cost to use either of those first two buckets. Um, so it's really the end user that's the vast majority of our of our clientele.
0: Yeah, what I find interesting about uh, your business, I think, is that uh, I'm guessing here, and I'm going to ask you in a second, mm-hmm. kind of what the makeup of the company looks like. Mm-hmm. But I imagine mm-hmm. that we're talking about all the di- da- data scientists and developers, mm-hmm. and maybe not a traditional kind of real estate firm that we're talking about.
1: No, right? yeah. no, we're so so. So me and another one of the co-founders are commercial real estate brokers by trade, but the remainder of the company is is our our data scientists, GIS or geographical information scientists, city planners, um, um, uh, GIS or sorry not GIS, but um, yeah, uh, there's there's a technical term, but but technical people. uh in fact everyone on our staff with the exception of the two commercial real estate brokers have a master's degrees a master's degree or higher uh in what they're doing.
0: And was that a requirement or just kind of No, it just kinda
1: happened that way. No, we're again blessed to have some really smart people on this team.
0: Well I'm very thankful that my company doesn't have that requirement. <laughs> I, I think I, <laughs> well yeah,
1: listen, I'm 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 the low hanging fruit in the company. I'm the only one without a master me and me and Nate are the only ones without masters. Yeah, so. but you guys are taking
0: all the risk too. So.
1: Yeah, well hey, um <laughs> It, we, we've we've done we've done plenty of commercial real estate deals. We we have we have a master's uh, in, in commercial real estate in some capacity, got it. just not from an accredited university. Uh,
0: so risk uh, brings up the the topic of investment here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like you've got how many how many people on the team now? Uh, we're up to nine. Nine. Yep. So reasonably sized burn every month mm-hmm. now. Uh, are you looking for money? Have you got investment uh, in the past?
1: Yeah, you know we we. Um, we are not really looking for money on the on the uh, on the software side. We we started to raise money uh, originally uh, when we got started in this. But as you would imagine in Illinois, e- even though we were kind of an ancillary business, there were still a lot of people who were hesitant to do that. Um, you know, we went out to California. We went to some markets where it's a little bit more friendly, and but people didn't really appreciate the value of the software at the time, and. Uh, it actually was a good thing because it made us, A, run lean for a while, and B, actually develop a, pro- a product that had tangible value that people were willing to pay for all the time. So, you know, we've gotten to the point where where we are primarily running on revenue as it comes to our, our technology side. Got it. So maybe not
0: profitable yet, but getting close.
1: We're, we're pretty darn close. Pretty close. Yeah.
0: Got it. Yeah. Got it. Uh, and I imagine hiring developers and people in Illinois is significantly cheaper than San Francisco. Which, which could help a little bit. Maybe I'm wrong. No,
1: no, you, yeah. you're, you're dead right. We don't uh, we don't necessarily have the talent pool that you do, but we also don't have. You know, our, our rent is certainly cheaper. Uh, our um, our cost of labor is, is cheaper. Uh, we are lucky to get to have some really great talent. If any of our talent left, we'd be hard place to re- to replace a lot of them. Got it. Um, you know We have them, they're dedicated, they're they're really
0: great. Yeah, I was having a really interesting conversation with our producer yesterday about this, and San Francisco, is, the Bay Area, is long thought to be a great place to be an entrepreneur, maybe the best place to mm-hmm. be an entrepreneur. And we do have this fantastic talent pool and all these resources, uh, but at the same time, it's become so expensive that now I think it might not be the best place to be an entrepreneur, which is sort of interesting.
1: You you have the most talent, you have the most opportunity, um, you have a lot of capital, too. Yeah. Um, so listen, grass is always greener. Um, I if you looked at our our, our burn rate, our, our um, the cost at which we operate, I'm gonna guess it's pennies on the dollar. Yeah, uh, from what. Some probably of just
0: office space to start with. I yeah,
1: would we we would be.
0: And, I, and something tells me you probably own that space.
1: No, I don't own the space. <laughs> I don't I don't own the space. But I've actually done uh I've done a lot of leasing in the building that we're currently in. Okay. So you know, call it frugal, call it resourceful, call it cheap. We we we. we, That's have just a, we your background? Have, team, right, right. We, we yeah. yeah, we we've got a pretty good deal. Yeah. We got a pretty good deal. We have we have you know I I read the stuff about what's going on at Zenefits out here and uh, you know some of these oh, other yeah. startups. We don't have hot tubs. We don't have. Uh, you know we haven't did taken a all that shit that yeah came out of that we haven't, we haven't taken oh a private jet anywhere. <laughs> Not to knock Zenefits Hey, sounds like a great place. if I knew all that stuff was going on, maybe I would have. Maybe I would have gone. My work friend for them. sent
0: me this headline of Zenefits and the subject was just "Why don't you work here?" Yeah, <laughs> sounds like sounds sound like my fraternity in college. Sounds like a great spot. Um, like I said, if I
1: knew that that was going on, I might <laughs> I might have <laughs> gone work for them. That's hilarious.
0: Okay, so as you look forward here, how long have you? When did you launch? Or how long has it been? About so it's what February. About fourteen months ago. Okay, fourteen months ago. As you look forward, maybe to just two thousand and sixteen. I mean, mm-hmm. what, what's next? You know, what's the, what's the next big goal?
1: Yeah, I mean, November. I think with with the election will bring a lot of clarity or or lack of clarity. We, you know, we're we're a software that that cuts through the fog, if you will. You know, what the le- legislative challenges are. Uh, so every time the law changes that's somebody else who needs our software. So take Detroit, for example. Again, a very quick, rapid change to the law. 250 dispensaries have to move all within 30 days. Mm-hmm. That's opportunity for us. Yep. Uh, and so I'm not gonna tell you I'm clairvoyant and I know what's gonna happen you know, a, a year from now or two or three. Uh, I'm pretty confident that whatever it is will be, you know, someone's gonna need our software. Yeah,
0: so when you, when you have those quick changes in policy, do you see the traffic spike? On, yes. On your own, like, oh, yeah. Tremendously.
1: Like instantly. Oh wow. Yeah, we start getting calls the the day before Ohio almost went. I um, I I don't know exactly how many calls or any yeah. emails we got, but it, it was significant.
0: Wow. And yeah. and what do people say in the calls and emails?
1: Are you are you are you ready to go? Oh, you know, for Ohio, are you ready to go? Yeah. And other ones like you know like Detroit, it started to trickle in. Um, I think I'm okay. Am I okay? I should be okay. And then and then it very quickly went to oh my god I'm not okay help me um, so listen, you know we're, again we're we're there to help people um, yeah. we, we don't make the laws we just you know we
0: yeah. just enforce them not enforce them we clarify them you you brought up the election so I can't not talk about it mm-hmm. uh, so if you're a cannabis supporter uh, Bernie is an easy choice but it doesn't look like Bernie's gonna gonna make it not gonna be mm-hmm. the candidate right uh, and Hillary has yet to kind of say anything about cannabis one way or the other. Uh, Trump seems to be very critical about it in relation to his kids, uh, but it really hasn't made a public mm-hmm. statement. Does the impending election concern you at all, as far as your businesses? I mean, you're a software business, right? Then?
1: Yeah, but but listen, if someone were to come and just say it's we're going to start enforcing federal law, that would affect our business. Um, uh, no, I mean, don't really think about it because because so much so much of what. This industry takes place on the state and and local level. Um, The the federal government's really been hands-off. I don't see, I guess I don't see one of the current contenders making a huge stab at it. Um, I don't know. I don't don't have a lot of clarity there. Uh, Yeah,
0: I actually, I kind of agree with you. I think that they're all kind of going to punt on it. Yeah. Because they don't really have to do anything yep. and they can let Colorado and, and Washington and probably California do whatever they want yep. and say oh you crazy hippies and not not worry yep. about it. Yeah, that's
1: your anything. that's your thing. It's a yeah. states rights issue. Yeah, that's um, your thing.
0: Yeah. Which yeah. I think is the right choice.
1: That's my, yeah. I, guess that might I be can't conservative in me, but yeah. yeah, but I I can't disagree. with it. It's a, it's a states rights thing if, you know, that's you know as a company that's a lot of what our belief is, you know, we're not necessarily like hey every every municipality should have it. A lot of them shouldn't. Yeah. But if you're elected leaders, Determine that it is, or your or your ballot measures determine that it is. Make sure it's done, you know, appropriately. Make sure it's not the, across the street from a school and a daycare and whatever it is. Um, you know, we just we just help people, you know, yep. d- deploy their their locations responsibly.
0: So if uh, if politics don't put you at risk, uh, are you concerned with any other competitors? Is anybody else doing specifically this?
1: Um, not that we can tell. I mean, I. I keep thinking there's gonna be somebody uh there's certainly other software companies i guess that could um i you know whether it's the taboo of the industry they just haven't you know they haven't made that move and um you know we've you know we've taken the software now moved it on to some other other industries like industrial and retail um we've branched this we've taken the software moved it well beyond uh cannabis uh but those those people those other people haven't really Come into our space. So, as far as I can tell, nobody else is doing it, yeah. and I'm just as happy to keep it that way.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know as much about the the nuances of the industry as you do, but it seems like a Trulia or a Redfin or a Zillow could do this, right? I mean, it's a it's it, a
1: cannabis filter. You, you can, would you would think they have? A, I would I would guess they have the the technical. I would assume they have the technical capacity to it uh, to do it. Um, and again, so and I won't name the company, but uh, it's it's a very well known. Real estate company, not Zulu or Trulia, but um, again, you, mo, you you would certainly know who it is. They're trying to do some GIS work on their own. They've been trying for about two years now to get this thing kind of going, and surprisingly enough, they can. And they asked about licensing our software, you know, to, totally under a different model. And was frankly was floored that such a well-known real estate company was not capable of of pulling off. Fascinating. So. It, you, you, you'd be shocked. I'm, I'm shocked at some of the people who you would think would be able yeah. to do it. But
0: and do you think that's a lack of, like, product development knowledge? Uh,
1: that's their own problem. I don't, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah.
0: Uh, but listen, if, if, if they can't figure it out, that's great for us. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. As long as they want to talk, they want to talk. Yeah. Right? Uh, good stuff. Okay, so let's get into a few fun questions okay. here. I always like to have a little fun. We talk about the election, uh, but... The cannabis space is sort of interesting. It's maybe like what I consider sixty or seventy percent business, Mm -hmm. and maybe thirty or forty percent entertainment. Okay. And there's sort of like all these cannabis celebrities popping up. You know, Mm -hmm. there's like there's Snoop Dogg's been in the world for a while. The the uh, the Marley brothers are back. Is there somebody that you kind of look at and you you follow? You know, you think you think it's kind of cool. Uh, I
1: think
0: that's a tough question.
1: No, it's uh, listen. uh, how do you not like Snoop? Like, you know, How do you not like Willie? Um, yeah. You know the Mar- Bob Marley and kids. I mean, yeah. You know, love them. I, you know, whether I'm in this industry or not, I listen to them while on, uh, on my headphones every once in a while. You know, regardless, um, I can't say there's anyone that, uh, you know, I'm like. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah, you're gung ho. Yeah, right?
1: but listen. To, but that. But that said, I would I, know, to take it to the, to the other side. Um, been doing this for the last 14 months. There's a lot of really interesting, cool people. This is a space that's totally undefined. And what you you know, listen. There's there's certainly a lot of charlatans in the industry to be you know to be sure of. But there's also a lot of really smart, really sharp, really cool people um, that have taken expertise and you know specializations outside this industry and applied it to this industry that again has yet to be yet yet to be defined.
0: You just hit the theme of the whole show, man. Just like anybody taking intelligence from some other area, domain expertise mm-hmm. in some other area like yourself and applying it to cannabis. Yep. And that's what's so fascinating. It's changed so quickly yep. uh, that we need those kind of minds, right? Because anybody that's been in it for 30 years or so, mm-hmm. well, give or take, they're a criminal, right? <laughs> right? So, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't say that lightly, but they, a lot of them have gone to prison and yep. they're, they're up front about yep. that. So. Yep. Uh, yeah, and you
1: know the way we look at it is, listen, everyone's, within the industry, everyone's kind of got their niche. Um, you know, Depending on how you calculate Different parts of the industry, you know, the industry is a two, three, four, five billion dollar industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the way we calculate the real estate that sits underneath the industry, it's about a ten billion dollar industry. So the real estate that sits under the industry, by our, our calculations, is about twice what the actual industry mm. itself is. But nobody else seems to be focusing on the real wow. estate. So. Yeah, unique space. Um, Wow.
0: We kind of find ourselves. We should clip uh, that segment out right there. That that was good stuff. There you go. well. Thank you for being on the show, man. it's been a lot of fun. I wish you a lot of luck. Nice to meet you. Yeah, likewise. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, next time I'm out in Chicago, I'll I'll look you up. but Won't tell anybody I'm there because cannabis is. (laughs) We have a lower body space. They won't know. (laughs) All right, man. Thanks again. We are 100% homegrown, independent media. No one controls us and no one dictates uh, the information, the topics that we talk about on this show. Uh, But in order to maintain that, I I need you to take the little bit of leap with us and also invest in cannabis. So there's this company called Patreon, this this great startup here in San Francisco, and they allow you to donate small amounts of money every month to to the followers, the artists, uh, the people that you wanna patronize, right? Uh, The people that, that you wanna give money and support to, to continue creating the content that, that you love. Even if you, you aren't in a position to come out to the world or you've got a conservative job, uh, if, if you're smoking cannabis, if you're enjoying it, uh, just you know donate a little bit of money to us anonymously, right? So there, there's nobody else out there is gonna know that. Uh, you can go to our Patreon page. We'll link it out for you right here. And uh, you know just give five, ten bucks a month. I mean, you're, you're buying that weed anyway. So let's support the movement uh, and, and let's all invest in cannabis.